now, time for seafood news. Welcome to the Seafood News Podcast. This episode of the Seafood News Podcast is brought to you by the 4th Annual Association of Genuine Alaska Pollock Producers Wild Alaska Pollock Meeting, taking place at the Western Seattle in Seattle, Washington on October 17, 2022. The Association of Genuine Alaska Pollock Producers, also known as GAF, is working to promote wild Alaska pollock in major whitefish markets around the world, with a focus on Europe, North America, and Japan. Their goal is to educate both seafood buyers and consumers about the superior benefits of wild Alaska pollock. The theme of this year's Wild Alaska Pollock Meeting is strategically building awareness and demand for the perfect protein, and will bring together representatives from all segments of the wild Alaska pollock industry, marketing experts, and visionary speakers designed to challenge the status quo and inspire collaboration for tackling future industry challenges. Topics will include economic updates, consumer research and trends, the results from the new Gap Always On Wild Alaska Pollock Awareness and Demand Campaign, and much more. To register for the meeting, please visit alaskapollock.org. Don't miss out. I'm Seafood News Managing Editor Amanda Buckle. And I'm Seafood News Staff Writer Ryan Dole. How'd you get in here? I know, right? It's been a long time. It's been a very long time since I've done the podcast. It feels very nice. Instead of hearing Lauren and uh, your voice while I'm editing it, it's, I'll be hearing my own, so it'll be even weirder. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I'm very happy to have you here because obviously the big story uh, was the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch program adding over a dozen fisheries, including American lobster and Canadian snow crab, to its red list. It's something we covered all last week. Ryan, you did a great job with coverage, and so that's why I'm, I'm very happy that you're on here to kind of break down all the details for us. Yeah, so the Monterey Bay Aquarium wrote on its September 5th press release that after reviewing all available scientific data, as well as existing legal requirements and regulations, Seafood Watch determined that current Canadian and U.S. management measures do not go far enough to mitigate entanglement risks and promote recovery of the North Atlantic right whale. As a result, Seafood Watch assigned a red rating to those fisheries using pots, traps, and gill nets. So like you said, Amanda, American lobster and Canadian snow crab were assigned to the red list of species to avoid. The aquarium cited multiple statistics to support its decision, including how U.S. and Canadian fisheries deploy up to 1 million vertical lines throughout the migratory routes, calving, uh, calving, and foraging areas of the species. In its justification to change the American lobster fishery in the Gulf of Maine and George's Bank, the aquarium wrote, this fishery poses a risk to overfished or at-risk species, including endangered North Atlantic right whales, and entanglement in fishing gear is the leading cause of serious injury and death to North Atlantic right whales. As a result, bycatch management is rated ineffective for all pot and set gillnet fisheries operating within the North Atlantic right whales range because current management measures do not go far enough to mitigate entanglement risks and promote recovery of the species. So in recent months, NOAA has taken steps to protect the endangered species, including a pair of proposals which focus on changing vessel speed regulations and a new draft, a ropeless roadmap, a strategy to develop on-demand fishing. But still, the aquarium says the regulations do not go far enough. Now, as expected, those involved in the lobster industry had a lot to say about the red listing. Uh, Patrice McCarran, the executive director of the Maine Lobsterman's Association, told the Portland Press-Herald that the lobster fishery is one of the most sustainable fisheries in the world through the effective stewardship practices handed down through the generations of lobstermen. Marianne LaCroix, the executive director of the Maine Lobster Marketing Collaborative, called the decision disappointing. In an interview with the news station WGME, LaCroix said that a right whale's death or a serious injury has never been attributed to Maine lobster eater. The National's Fishery 2 also released the following statement. 
Red listing American lobster actually raises more questions about Monterey Bay Aquarium's process than it does about the fishery. Uh, fisheries experts who are in the know are fully aware NOAA's overview of the fishery is that U.S. wild-caught American lobster is a smart seafood choice because it is sustainably managed and responsibly harvested under U.S. regulations. This is one of the best managed fisheries in the world with no recent evidence that right whales are dying as a result of its gear. This is a counterproductive move by the NBA that frankly undermines the rest of the platinum level work done to ensure the sustainability of the fishery. Well, then if I... Now, uh, Maine Governor Janet Mills also had some choice words. She released the following statement. Seafood Watch is misleading consumers and businesses with this designation. Generations of Maine lobstermen have worked hard to protect the sustainability of the lobster fishery, and they have taken unprecedented steps to protect right whales. Efforts of the federal government and now Seafood Watch have failed to recognize. No right whale death has been attributed to Maine gear, and there has not been a right whale entanglement attributed to Maine lobster gear in 18 years. This designation is flat out wrong. It sends the wrong message about Maine lobster, and it insults thousands of hardworking lobstermen who risk their lives to put food on the table while practicing responsible stewardship and taking action to protect whales. Consumers and businesses must see through this list and recognize that lobstermen and partners are sorry that lobstermen are partners in conservation and sustainability, and that the delicious Maine lobster can and should continue to be enjoyed. Now, I want to clarify. This is me. <laughs> that I think it's important to pr uh, protect the North Atlantic right whale. Um, you know, NOAA's latest preliminary uh, estimate suggests that there are less than 350 remaining, which I, that's like insane. To yeah. me, you know, it's 2022. We can't be just like letting a species go extinct in 2022. It just seems, you know, far beyond. But um, looking at, you know, Maine lobster specifically, they're the poster child for a sustainable fishery. Yeah, I, you know, as we continue the conversation, I look back for what we've been hearing from Maine lobster groups in regards to North Atlantic right whale since I started here at Erdnerberry and started covering the seafood industry. Um, MLA, Maine Lobster Union, uh, the Maine Lobster Marketing Collaborative, um, they, you know, they, they've all kind of had the same reaction and mm -hmm. it's kind of shocking. Um, I heard from Virginia Olson, who's a fisherman and also the executive liaison um, and political director for the MLU. And she had a lot of questions and, and was you know, a lot of critiques about Seafood Watch's move. But then she discussed um, how the last thing lobstermen want is to hurt the whales. And she talked about how species that are right whale, uh, the right whales feed on have moved into colder water outside of Maine's fishing boundaries. And then, you know, it's leading her and, and many other um, groups to believe that the whales will, will likely follow them. Yeah. Um, and again, the last thing I want to touch on right now is how critical a lobster and snow crab are when it comes to seafood. Like when I think of seafood, Everyone craves that, first of all. And then when I think of seafood, snow crab and lobster are near the top of the list. Um, got high in taste. Yes, Ryan. agreed. I, know, right? it's like, yeah, I, feel, I feel very fancy right now. Um, but I'm very interested to see what the future holds and what it can mean for these fisheries. And we haven't even touched on the other dozen plus that were also added to the avoider right there, by seafood. Yeah, we haven't even, uh, this podcast won't even go into that. You're going to have to go yeah. into, onto the seafood <laughs> news site to go there. But it's just, it is very, I want to say like discouraging and frustrating, you know? Yeah. Because um, obviously, I mean, we're champions of the seafood industry, but, you know, especially when you're learning and you're reading about all the good things that they're doing, all the efforts that are being made, it's just, you know, why is this happening? And, and we've spoke to people that are directly involved. Like, you know, we've met lobstermen, we've talked to, we've interviewed them, you know, and, and a lot of members of these groups we know. And it's, you know, it's, it's um, like you said, very discouraging. Yeah. But, um, you know, so obviously we talk about people are up in arms, but there's also a lot of confusion. I know Ryan and I spiraled last week looking into this and coming up with all these different scenarios. You're like, but what about this? And what about this? You know, it's it's crazy. 
And for example, Whole Foods Market began collaborating with the Monterey Bay Aquarium in 2010 to provide color-coded sustainability ratings for wild-caught seafood that they offer that is not certified by the Marine Stewardship Council. Whole Foods Seafood Standards page explains that they don't sell red-rated wild seafood in their seafood department unless it's Marine Stewardship Council certified <laughs> sustainable. So right there, does the Seafood Watch's red list really mean anything? You know, a spokesperson for Whole Foods commented saying that they are aware of the decision by Seafood Watch and are committed to working with their suppliers, local fishermen and fisheries, uh, fishery managers, and environmental advocacy groups as the situation develops. But the big takeaway here is that they said they will continue to sell lobsters from the fisheries that are certified by the MSC. And then we move on to red lobster. Red lobster, right in the name. <laughs> you know, <laughs> of course, they don't just offer American lobster. They also source rock lobster, nori lobster, legacy lobster. Um, but still, imagine going to Red Lobster and not being able to get Maine Lobster. Yeah, and, and Red Lobster entered into a partnership with the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch program back in 2018. Um, Kim Lobdrup was the CEO at the time and said that the partnership with Seafood Watch was the next natural step in keeping their commitments and driving continuous improvement within our seafood supply chain. And after the Red List announcement, Red Lobster released the following statement. Red Lobster is committed to sourcing responsibly and helping protect and preserve our oceans and marine life for generations to come. We share concerns about the declining North Atlantic right whale population, which is why we have been actively engaged in supporting scientific research and the lobster industry's continuous improvement efforts in the Gulf of Maine. While the cause of decline in the right whale population remains unknown, these efforts to date have proven to be effective tools in reducing risk to right whales. We, re we remain committed to furthering these efforts and supporting meaningful change that both respects the work and livelihood of the Maine lobster fishermen while also protecting marine life. And I think now is a good time to highlight how the lobster fishermen have made significant changes of late. Um, we've written about new ropeless gear. Um, it's, it's constant. Yeah. It's, like not a week goes by that we're not talking 100%. about this. Um, yeah. Closed areas in Massachusetts and who knows what moves will be made in Maine or in other areas. Um, but I do feel that um, the industry has made sacrifices for the sake of the whales. And I'm, I'm surprised to see this move from the aquarium. Um, these changes have been fought by the industry and politicians in the state. Uh, we've covered lawsuits, comments during congressional meetings in Washington, D.C., uh, and even more regarding what the industry is, is facing at the moment. Um, and whales aren't their only issue either. Um, they're dealing with added inflationary costs, climate change, um, volatile markets. Um, even look back recent years with COVID, um, inflation again, um, have been black where lobster is going and how much consumers are willing to uh, shell out for it. I, sorry, excuse the pun. I, I <laughs> shell out for it. <laughs> You know, but finally, that brings us to the Marine Stewardship Council, or MSC. Um, we've mentioned MSC certification a couple mm -hmm. of times now, and I'm assuming everyone listening is familiar with them. But in case we have anyone who isn't, uh, they're a nonprofit organization that sets standards for sustainable fishing. And the MSC actually suspended the certification for Maine Lobster in August 2020, following a ruling that the American Lobster Fishery violated the Endangered Species Act. But it was reinstated the following year in September 2021 after the National Marine Fisheries Service issued new regulations to protect the North Atlantic right whale. So those regulations made, uh, they met the judges' requirements for bringing the fishery back into compliance. And because of this, the Maine lobster fishery was found to be compliant to MSC standards. And a lot of businesses look for that MSC certification. And as of now, the Maine lobster fishery still has it. Seafood News reached out to the Marine Stewardship Council to get their thoughts on the Seafood Watch Red List. And the spokesperson said that the interaction with and entanglements of whales and marine creatures in fishing gear is of serious concern, especially the potential impacts on endangered species such as the North Atlantic right whale. These spokesperson continue that certification programs like the MSC and ratings like Seafood Watch 
play complementary roles to drive improvement and meet a range of market needs. The two are different tools that use different assessment methodologies. And I think that's really interesting. I mean, mm. we'll be publishing additional coverage this week that kind of dives more into these different methodologies. Um, and we're not, I'm not saying anything against the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch. I think a lot of what they publish is correct. I, I think something's off here with, with uh, you know, with lobster, American lobster specifically. Um, but uh, the spokesperson added that MSC certification requires fisheries to avoid interactions, monitor their impacts on whales, and implement government-mandated measures such as gear marking, uh, reporting of gear loss, and adhering to fixed and temporary closures, as well as demonstrate that they are not negatively impacting endangered, threatened, or protected species, including the North Atlantic right whale population. Any harmful interaction with North Atlantic right whales will be reviewed immediately and could result in suspension of a fisheries MSC certificate. Auditors are constantly monitoring whether these fisheries continue to conform to the MSC standard and will expedite audits of the fisheries if needed. And now, real quick, imagine if MSC goes back and repulls this certification. I feel like everyone else is going to be like, well, I also follow this other certification, so I'm not going to pull you know, lobster. And the whole thing is just a mess right now. NOAA declared an unusual mortality event for North Atlantic right whales in 2017 when 17 deaths were recorded. Of those 17 confirmed dead stranded whales, 12 were in Canada and 5 were in the United States. Right whale deaths dropped to 3 in 2018, all in the U.S., and then jumped up to 10 in 2019, 9 in Canada and 1 in the U.S. In 2020 and 2021, there were two mortalities each, which were documented in the U.S. So far this year, there have been no mortalities documented. So keep checking back on Seafood News for coverage on the Seafood Watch Red List, and keep an eye out for a column from Seafood News founder John Sackton. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next week. Bye-bye, everybody.